Tim, we lied. We're back. We said there would be no bonus addition uh, today, but um, through popular <laughs> demand, we're back. <laughs> Not sure if it's popular demand, but by demand. No, we got a couple um, couple of listeners who listened to the first holiday pet peeves edition. And uh, one of my buddies texted me. He goes, I hope we're still friends because I put my lights up like 10 days ago. And um, I said, yeah, I think you, you, you qualify. And he he was just wanted to reassure that our friendship was still intact. <laughs> so. Yeah, I heard, I, I heard from some people, including one that li- I live with, that uh, – She's not as picky of an eater as I led to her, people to believe, although I would disagree with that statement from her. But yeah, so we did uh, maybe irk a few people with our pet peeves, but we weren't, as we said, clearly, we were not trying to irk people. We were just identifying <laughs> our own opinions and pet peeves. It was just a joke. We were just joking Some around. You know, yeah. we're old cranky guys and yeah. <laughs> so I hope that came across and I hope people enjoyed it, but um Maybe to uh, placate people, especially this one listener. I have to. There's a there's a acronym that we throw out to each other. So I just want to say P A J B W U to my buddy. He'll understand. So anyway, <laughs> wow, that's almost like when I was in the military and everything was foobar. And I think yeah. most people know what foobar is. But wow, that was quite the acronym, JP. Yeah, I'll I'll let our listeners know one day what it means, but. For now, I can't. Well, I guess but. the today's bonus is to soothe the souls and try to put a smile and some happiness in the holiday of everybody that listens to this as they're driving. They could yeah. be shopping on Friday and they may need a little bit of uh, joy right. in their life. We should probably share one story each or a couple stories that makes your heart melt, Tim. What what are some things that make your... well? We joked earlier before we jumped on about things that we could talk about. And, you know, one of the things that, I, look, for me, we all had that best Christmas ever. Um, for me, I think I was 10, 11 years old, that age range, when Atari came out in the late 70s. Um, and I oh, remember yeah. the Christmas where I got the Atari the air hockey game and a 10 speed bike all in the same Christmas. And, you know, Atari, if you had Atari in 1977 or 78, you, you were the cool kid on the block. And even though there were just blobs of graphics going across the screen, playing pong or whatever game it was, you were still the kid on the block, the cool kid. So, you know, I remember spending the entire Christmas holiday having friends come over and playing Atari on this big old box TV and just the joy I got out of that. And, you know, I I guess kids today, they're the same way when they get like call of duty or something, but um, just 1977, 78, when I got that Atari, that era hockey and 10 speed bike, that was a kick ass Christmas. I lived in a house that was probably the oldest house on on the block at the time. And I remember the house had baseboard heating. It was fired by, you know, it was fired up by a uh, old well McLean boiler. I remember that specifically in our crappy basement that, you know, was not finished. <laughs> it was kind of, it just was scary to go down the, into our basement. But the the, the well McLean boiler was, you know, pumping out heat. But we put an addition on the on the side of the house when I was a kid, and that became our TV room. 
and uh, kind of family room. And so it had its own separate heater and thermostat in that room. And so the heater was this large vertical heater on the side of the wall. And so when it hit that point to click on, just you just had this, you know, this rush of of hot air on you. And I just remember coming back from holidays with the family and the cousins and stuff like that. And it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas. And it was usually late at night and you'd come home, you'd want to, you know, tell your parents, I want to stay up later and watch TV or watch some celebrations and stuff and, um, or watch a movie, a Christmas movie or something. And I just remember laying on the floor next to that heater and maybe a couple other family members, brothers and sisters would do the same thing. And we'd be watching that, watching the TV, just laying on the floor and knowing that that was comforting, you know, that it was the holidays, there was no school. It was, you know, you just had a great, great meal and you were just laying next to that heater, getting the full effect of that heater on you. It was just, that was a cool memory. Now we've talked about this in the past. You're from a fairly large family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was this in Wisconsin or when you guys lived in the Western suburbs? It's the Western suburbs of, of Chicago. Yeah. So when you yeah. were in Glen Ellen. Yep. I mean, I'm curious as a big family, did you have a lot of family in the Chicago area besides your immediate family? Yeah, they were all they were all in the in the area for sure, right? Uh, Chicago, North Side of Chicago, um, Park Ridge, Arlington Heights. You know, all all the all the the suburbs of Chicago in the in the Chicago proper area for sure. So all the cool places we lived at after college when we first moved to Chicago, correct? Yeah, that's Arlington right. Arlington Heights, Arlington Heights, the suburbs, Buffalo Grove and Arlington Heights. We, John and I both spent some time living yeah. in the area. One of the other cool things that I did not come from a big family. I had, I have one brother and my mom and dad had two or three, uh, four, four siblings each. Not a huge mm. family, but my whole family lived in the community basically in the surrounding community where I lived in central Illinois of Champaign-Urbana. So we always would spend Christmas Eve at my mom's parents' house, who I've mentioned in the past, my grandfather owned a plumbing contracting business in our local hometown. And um, so all my uncles and my cousins and family members and sometimes friends of my grandparents would come over on Christmas Eve. And for us, my grandparents didn't dole out gifts to everybody they just had a money tree and it was always oh. cool to go into the house and see the tree with money envelopes in all over the tree and try to find yours and hope am i getting twenty dollars or now that i'm like a teenager do i get fifty dollars um so it was always cool to go into grandma and grandpa's and see the money tree and sit around for four or five hours and uh eat lots of food hang out with my cousins and my uncles and aunts and extended family members and um, that was always a cool, cool thing that I did when I was growing up. Yeah. Just reminded me of, uh, well, Easter holiday, we do a Easter egg hunt when my kids were young and some of our relatives were young and we'd, we'd hide about, I don't know, a hundred eggs out on, out on, uh, my sister and brother-in-law's property and, you know, the plastic eggs, you you can open and there's candy in some of them, or there's, you know, a quarter or, you Coins. know, yeah. Yeah, some money. 
So I remember this was maybe a few years ago. I went up, the kids were opening their, their eggs and I said, I got an egg and I opened it up and I had a 50 in my wallet (laughs) (laughs) and and I opened it up. I'm like, holy crap, look at this. And all the kids looked over and I go, there's a $50 bill. And then they're like, what? (laughs) So (laughs) all I got was like 35 cents. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you, you talk about, you know, the holidays you create now the holidays that you enjoy with your kids. I mean, you've got kids that are early teenagers or 15. Yeah. If I, yep. So, you know, you've got another couple of years with them before they're out, out of the house yeah. for college and, you know, in their, yeah. as a young adults and my kids are grown. My kids are 31 and 29. So for us, we don't always see our kids over the holiday. In fact, yeah. the, the boys will be here for Thanksgiving. We're not sure who's going to be here for Christmas yet, just because they live far away. So we're at that age where Cynthia and I are, once again, you know, the kids get money and or trips. The last couple of uh, three or four years, we've decided they're at that age where we try to have one big family trip a year. We did a couple before COVID and then during COVID, we kind of didn't do anything. But this year, we're planning to do something, a trip sometime next year with all the kids. So those are the fun things and some things that you'll look forward to in the next 5, 10, 15 years with your kids. So um, it's different now for the holidays. I mean, honestly, Cynthia and I will have some meal on Thanksgiving and we're going to have a couple friends over on Thanksgiving evening, probably watch some football and drink some wine. But other than that, our holidays tend to be a lot less crazy than they used to be. Yeah. Uh, my kids, you know, I have twins, boy, boy and a girl. And my daughter is very simple when it comes to, you know, gifts. She wants a book or she wants perfume or you know something and my son he came up to me the other day he's like i really like a jugs machine you know the machine that throws footballs throws to football. you yeah so i'm like oh yeah okay and i look it up and it's three thousand dollars i'm like okay pass on that what's next <laughs> <laughs> wait until wait wait until they hit 16 and aiden <laughs> walks up and says dad where's my new car yeah yeah so he wants like video game and these things are pricey man so he's got a <laughs> yeah some uh what is it, like a work release program or what do you call it <laughs> he's got to work for his presence <laughs> so anyway so let's switch gears here tim i this is a surprise to you what we're going to do next so um Uh-oh. no it'll be fun thanksgiving is one of the more busier holidays this is the busiest well, i think it's one of the busiest holidays as far as airports are concerned Yes. Yesterday was the biggest travel day of the year. Yeah. So I recently read an article. Believe it or not, I read an article, Tim. The best and worst airports of 2022 by the Wall Street Journal. So I want you to, if you can try to guess. Is this strictly North America or the U.S.? Yeah. Okay. This is the U.S. So it ranks the top 20 airports. If you can give me what you think are the top three and the bottom three. I got the bottom. I got the last one. Just when I saw the headline, I'm like, I know what the I know what the, the worst is. So, what, what do you what think? The, I'm curious what the criteria is, though, because I I've flown a lot this year, and there's a couple airports that I love, and there are a couple of airports I hate. The ones I hate are just because they're always crowded, but you have to go through them. I.e., Chicago Hair. LaGuardia, although I used to hate LaGuardia. I was just in LaGuardia not too long ago, and it was the first time I'd been in about 
five years and I was in the new wing that has all the new shopping and new restaurants. So it was kind of cool. But uh, my favorite airport is Charlotte. I love Charlotte Airport. Okay, that's ranks number nine on the list. It says this year's airport report card ranks the 50 largest U.S. airports on 19 factors from on-time performance and security weights okay. to a J.D. Power customer satisfaction score and ticket prices. Uh, reliability matters most to passengers and carries the most weight in our rankings. I like Indianapolis as well. Indianapolis is a very easy airport to get in and out of. I, and some um, of this is just my preference because of my options. I've got Midway O'Hare. Indianapolis that are all within two hours of me. The major airports, the top 20 of the major airports, what do you think are the top three and the bottom three? I, I'm guessing the bottom three are going to be LaGuardia O'Hare and Orlando. Okay, so Orlando's 15th. Should okay. we do a drum roll here, Tim? Yeah, I'm curious. I haven't <laughs> flown in the way... I always hate LAX as well, but I haven't flown in there, in and out of there in quite some time. Yeah, LAX is ranked number six. Okay. Okay. So good. good. The the best. Yeah. So the best. I'm going to rank the top three. Okay. Minneapolis is number three. Number two is Atlanta, which is surprising. It's very busy. But um, it, it is. But is, it's what I do like about Atlanta is they've got the. You can grab the train and go directly yeah. downtown from the airport, so you don't have to wait on, you know, Ubers or Lyfts or taxis and stuff. And then the bottom three, the 18th out of 20, Fort Lauderdale. I've never flown in. I don't think I have Fort Lauderdale, it, which is I have, but it's been a long time ago. JFK. It's been a long is number time 19, like- and the worst airport, large size airport. I said this when I flew there a couple times. Tim, you know where it is. Come on. Newark. <laughs> yeah. I, I've only flown in and out of there once in my life. It's like you've, you've just flown into the 70s in that airport. It's, it's not. It's like a LaGuardia, bunker. LaGuardia used to be that way, at least. Yeah. You know, like I said, I flew into LaGuardia just a few months ago and was shocked at how much nicer it had been since about four or five years previous the last time I'd flown in there. So, in the number one airport, Tim, in the U.S., according to the Wall Street Journal, is San Francisco. I thought I was going to say I was going to say DFW or San Francisco. It's been a while since I've flown in San Francisco, but yeah, okay. DFW is seventeenth. I'm not much for Denver either because it's such a big airport. Denver's eleventh. Charlotte, like I said, it was ninth. Las Vegas, eighth. I don't know why Las fourth Vegas. Is, fourth is Detroit. You know, people don't, you know, Detroit always gets this bad rap, but that airport's pretty convenient, especially, you know, when I fly Delta, they have a tram that takes you to one side of the terminal mm-hmm. to the next. It's pretty easy. Well, when I lived in Minnesota, this, we're talking 15, 20 years ago, nor- Northwest, which I think Delta bought. That was the route, you know, Minneapolis to somewhere or Minneapolis to Detroit to somewhere. So I, I used to go in and out of Detroit a lot. It's been years since I've been up there, but yeah, I can see that. It was, I, and I did like Minneapolis. Minneapolis always had a really nice airport. We will be in several of those airports at the beginning of the year, especially Las Vegas and Atlanta. Um, it says the worst performers in the large and mid-sized classes 
Newark and LaGuardia. The mid, I guess LaGuardia is a mid-sized airport, according to this. So, oh, okay. But <laughs> that's right. Where's O'Hare and Midway? Uh, O'Hare is 14th. So right in the middle. Midway okay. is not on here. I'm guessing that's a mid-size. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, look, as you know, I've got a regional airport that I can see out my window. My office window, I can see our regional airport. So it's nice to be able to jump into a small plane, get to Chicago and out J- just for the convenience level. It's typically a little bit costly and sometimes you're limited on the number of flights, but it's nice to be able to just cross the street, jump in a plane and be in Chicago in 35 minutes. Okay. So here are the best midsize U.S. airports from 1 to 30th. Like I said, LaGuardia is basically the bottom. Uh, Washington sense. Reagan is second to the bottom. Um, Midway is 20th. Okay. And the number one is Sacramento. I have never flown in and out of Sacramento. Number two is San Diego. Three is San Jose. So California's you know, picking up their game. Well, they've got a ton of airports in there. I mean, if you just look at the number of airports in California, it's pretty astonishing. Where's Phoenix? I like Phoenix Airport a lot, too. Phoenix? Uh, fifth. Fifth, Tim, Phoenix. on the list. It's, an, it's a nice airport. It's Sky Harbor's n- nice airport. Easy yeah. to get in and out of, and lots of shopping, lots of restaurants and bars. I mean, pretty yeah. nice place. So when I flew to uh, AHR last year, I flew through Salt Lake City, which I thought was pretty nice. I mean, I guess the scenery. when It's just you know, panoramic view of mountains, snow-capped mountains. Uh, eighth on the midsize list. So there you go, were there any? Were there, were there any that completely shocked you, either how bad um, or how good? I guess Atlanta, like I said, you know, you mentioned the ease of getting downtown, but that that's just crazy in that in that airport. It's a busy it's airport. Busy. Yeah. It's very busy. I'll tell so you an airport. Number, yeah, well, so I was just going to say, where's St. Louis? Uh, 15th out of the midsize, so right in the middle. Okay. It's, eh, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of it, but I don't fly in and out of it very often. I've heard bad things about Cincinnati's airport. It's 21st on the midsize list. Cleveland twenty seventh, huh? Northern Kentucky, because I actually I think that's the Cincinnati airports. I've flown in and out there a couple of times. We've we've had some trade shows there when I lived in Chicago. We that or Louisville flown in, flown in and out of Louisville a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, look at the end of the day. Hopefully, I'm not in an airport very long. So, unless you have experiences with delays or cancellations, most airports. I get there, I check in, I go to the gate, and I fly out, fly in, get my bag, go home. I will say I've had some early flights at O'Hare, and um, nobody in the airport. And I remember like <laughs> passing by this this restaurant where I've eaten before, but it was closed. And I was pa- it was on a corner passing through to go to my gate, and there <laughs> Little cockroaches that were running around. A family of cockroaches. A family of cockroaches having dinner. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, not eating at that place ever again. (laughs) Yeah, my Cynthia has a has issues with me and my the way I travel. I like to get someplace like three hours before I fly, just in case, just in case. Yeah, she likes to cut it to you know. I want to be at the gate, you know, ten minutes before I board. I'm typically, I like to be there an hour and a half before I board, just in case. 
All right, Tim. Awesome. Well, I hope that people were able to get a chuckle or we put a smile on their face about our holiday stories. And yeah, hopefully well, they're, for- if they're, if they are traveling through one of those airports, it's a, it's a good flight during the holidays. Well, for uh, Tim Scrooge Ward and John <laughs> Grinch, Grinch Mason Brink, we wish you uh, happy holidays, happy Merry Christmas, all the good stuff. Hope you uh, have a, a safe and a merry time. And uh, what else, Tim? Well, I was going to say, not only this podcast, but if you've got windshield time over the next couple of days and you want to listen to some of our podcasts, go back and listen to our podcast, either ours or the Make Trades Great Again podcast with Eric and Andy. We've got tons of podcasts out there to listen to to give you some drive time fun. Oh, yeah. Today's Black Friday, so we should be shopping. All right, Tim, I'll talk to you. Peace.